With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We battled some technical difficulties yesterday but now it's the weekend and the puppy is live on underdog everyone's been begging for it if you're in the discord if you're not in the discord get that out of the way right now spikeweek.com go to the header hop in the free discord with hundreds of other sicko degenerate best ball players if you've been in the discord you've been, probably been one of the people asking about when's the puppy when puppy when are we getting the puppy well it's here the first puppy of probably many over the course of the entire summer. So why wait? First draft show since the puppy has been launched. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Can you hear me now? 
Yes. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? It's probably crappy audio. My, I think my, my mic, my mic is going bad. Can you hear me now? 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 Good. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't muted. My, I think my mic is dust. I think my mic is dust. So the audio quality might be a little bit bad today, but first world problems, first world problems. We will power through with uh, uh, some AirPod, some AirPod mic. This mic has done me well. I've been delaying getting a new one. I, I, you know, I've been redoing the office setup and the lighting setup and the camera setup, and I've been redoing all this different stuff. My trusty mic, I, you know, I had the settings how I wanted them. I had everything, and I've had this mic for so long, and I think it's coffins. I think it's coffins. Yeah. Thank you. That's really funny and great and great um, feedback. So anyway, you guys aren't here to hear about these first world problems. Let's talk about the puppy. Let's talk about the puppy. This is, I, I never quite seen anything that like has like this crazy cult following like the like the puppy does on the, now I'm still talking into the mic. It's so funny. Um, I'm going to do it because it looks, it'll, it'll, it'll look more professional, even though this thing isn't working. So the puppy, right? $5 tournament on underdog. I really love the fact that we're getting more of these though, these $5 tournaments. I mean, for best ball to grow, like for all of us, we need accessible tournaments for everybody, right? And like $25 isn't like necessarily a lot, but not everybody can, can I mean, if you want to max enter best ball mania three, that's a lot of money you know, for, for the average, for the average person. And so um, we want this to be something that everybody has access to, you know, draft an entire portfolio of teams. That's part of the fun, right? We're spending the whole day in discord talking about different players to target, how much to target them right today. A lot. Um, if you are in there, you heard quite a bit of say Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and those kind of guys um, being discussed really frequently in there. And it's not as much fun if, if, you know, if not everybody that's in there can afford to draft a ton of teams and see how many Chris Olave shares they actually really want to get, right? Because, I mean, you don't really know until you draft a bunch. And sometimes $25 is a little bit um, prohibitive for, for people. The other nice thing about this really quickly before – before we do actually hop in. First of all, this is batshit crazy that it's almost 10% full already. Um, I'm, I've, I've got a, uh, a pre-recorded video going up to make up for yesterday's stream that had the technical difficulties. And it's about tournament specific strategy. And we'll talk a little bit about it for sure while we're drafting here in this, um, in this show. But like, so we see here why thinking about each tournament in and of itself, like you have to address the puppy for the puppy. What you've done up until this point in Best Ball Mania 3, I'm not saying it's irrelevant because you do obviously have your entire portfolio of teams for yourself, but you're drafting in a different environment and a different contest against different people in a set time period, right? A pocket of time. This thing is 10% full in the first 24 hours. So let's just say we'll, we'll just make it a, an even two weeks. 
This thing's going to be open for two weeks over the course of the entire summer. So we're really not going to get ADP is not going to change much a little bit, right? Some guys will change. We'll maybe get a blurb here or there. Maybe someone will sign, please. Will Fuller, please. For the love of God, just blink twice. If you're alive, post on Instagram or Twitter. If you're, if you have a functioning hand, that would be nice. So it's going to feel quick. It's within this only the small pocket of time. And obviously there's, there's differences, right? It's not quite as big as, um, as, be as best ball mania is. Um, I actually don't know. I need to pull up, you know, so obviously we still have the same week 15, 16, 17 playoffs. Um, I need to click on all, all rules here. And of course I now have to share that screen. One second. Should have had that open. In the puppy, ties, rounds, advancements, etc. I think this is where, or is it under the general contest? Yeah, under general contest. So you see the differences here in terms of what the playoffs look like. You're obviously always in a 12-person group in round one. Then you get an 18-person group and an 18-person group. Interestingly, in that round two, that second, that that you know, first playoff round. Week 15, it's actually the top two that advance out of 18, then the top one out of 18, and then you're in a 115-person final group, right, with $75,000 to first place and a, a fairly flat payout structure. This is important because we need to understand the different nuances, right, of of the specific tournaments that we're playing in. And it, I understand that, like, 470 people in the final of BBM, like, from a DFS perspective, sounds small but it is not really small and it is four times as big as this as this puppy is so thinking through the fact that there's all these different variables right it's only going to be you're, you're only drafting teams in this tournament for this two week time period so what does that mean that means that some of the advantage right there is no such thing as a barbell strategy for timing of drafts in this because it's only open for two weeks. Everybody only drafts in those two weeks and it's filled, <laughs> right? So like, oh, should I wait and draft or should I or should I draft early? That doesn't exist. That whole thing doesn't exist. The potential advantages of drafting early, you know, in terms of uncertainty or the strat, some people might want to, you know, employ a strategy around uh, targeting guys they think are going to rise or waiting on guys they think are going to fall. None of that matters in this in this tournament. Right. And so you want to employ a strategy based on the ADP that currently exists for this two week time period, based on the, the structure of this tournament. Right. It's a little bit flatter, a little bit smaller final group. It's, it's more like Best Ball Mania 2 last year is <laughs> much closer to what this is about. Um, obviously, lower, lower price point and a little bit smaller price pool. And so those those little different variables are huge things. I wanted to just make sure that we touched on those. Um, those will mean different things for all of us. We'll all handle it, you know, handle it differently. So what, what, what I'm seeing in David and Joku got 57 million. Let's look. Breaking news. Damn, this filled fast. You guys must've been waiting in there. Uh, 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 uh. Let me share. I'm trying to 
look at David. David Njoku. The Browns have – the Browns and – oh, so, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the franchise tag. Four years, $57 million, $28 million guaranteed. Fifth highest paid tight end in the NFL. Wow. That, didn't that fill – that filled really fast. Um, that's pretty funny. That is a monstrous payday for, for Njoku. I think that uh, that's something interesting to think about. I'm, I was like probably about at market, I think, on, on Njoku. I got to do a rankings update here very soon. So um, that it's kind of good now because I waited and uh, he might be a guy that, that, that moves up for me. I mean, that's a lot of money. That is a whole lot of money. Let's see where underdog positional tiers. I always like to work off the positional tiers. I know a lot of people will uh, use, you know, just like a top 250 or a top 150 or top 200 or whatever. I really don't like that. I dropped off the, the positional tiers. I don't really care, honestly, if I have um, DeAndre Swift ranked over, bad example. If I have Cam Akers ranked over, whatever Terry McLaurin I don't think I do but I'm just using names if like it doesn't set up well positionally for my team um so here's an interesting one I talked about this uh I don't remember if I talked about this with Silas or or who I talked about this with but um drafting basically after those these first once you get past JT and CMC at running back, and then the Cup, Jefferson, Chase. That's pretty much your top five, and certainly my top five. Once you get past there, I'm actually trying to get some Kel- get get quite a bit of Kelsey. I've talked a lot about how focused I am on Week 17, um, and obviously, as you guys you you guys know me quite well and know that I am a a uh, running back hater. But I also think the way that the ADP shakes out, particularly right now in this in this uh, in these puppy drafts, is that there is a the, the second round running backs like so like the guys that are going to be available to me here at running back if I want to take one, are like really no different for me than the Ecklers and Najis. Sorry, Tony, if you're if you are listening. I, I won't say anything else negative about Najee, but I don't have any real, uh, I don't have any real, you know, difference between those guys and Swift, Mixon, Aaron Jones, etc. Right? We look at the running backs here: Swift, Aaron Jones. Not really drafting Kamara, but even Chubb. I don't mind Chubb, Lenny, Saquon. I'm a noted Saquon lover right now. Um, let me think about this. I am going to take Debo. I'm still I'm still very much in on Devo. Sorry. Tony says no negative Naji takes, please. Oh, yeah, Hacker says uh, I didn't even notice this. Let me pull up the board. I knew I was coming up. Uh and and zoom in. I don't want to get in trouble. I know the the Zoom bros get mad if you if it's not like super clear. People I guess must be what are you watching it on your phone? Are you watching it on an iPad? Are you watching it on small screens? You can't read. 
the names, the the Zoom hatred has gotten out of hand. But it is a it is very clearly a spike week draft if Javante Williams is going in the first round and going ahead of Austin Eckler and Dalvin. I love it. We are taking the world by storm already. It's Javante. It's Javante season. But with Kelsey, it is after those top five guys. I, I like Diggs, and I'm I'm so so on Javante Adams and that next, you know, those wide receivers and such. But I'm just really not into um, those those other running backs. Oh, like when I can just get the tight end one. And I, I have the same concerns probably that everybody does about Travis Kelsey. This is not a spring chicken. This is an older guy, right? He has shown a little bit of signs of getting dinged up here and there. But just what will be assuredly the, the target leader for the Kansas City Chiefs, particularly without Tyreek Hill, in the game I'm trying to uh, target for week 17. So I get the positional edge at tight end. I get instant uh, exposure to the the game I'm really, really trying to target as much as possible. And it's like he fits perfectly right into this little pocket where now I can get whether I wanted to go. Debo there, Mike Evans there, maybe sometimes Devontae falls to you, CD right? AJ Brown, whatever. Or if I want to do DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, et cetera, um, there, I can do that. And I, I, I feel like I'm gaining points at tight end and I'm not really losing anything at these other positions. Come around to the third round and it's kind of the same thing. I like, um, you know, not all drafts. This is, a, it looks like a fairly sharp draft, you know, T's already gone and AJ Brown's already gone, but sometimes those guys fall. And then sometimes these running backs do too, right? The Saquons maybe of the world will fall a little bit to more of the mid third sometimes. And so I just like how the ADP plays out. And so I'm going to attack that hard in these puppy drafts because how, like, I don't know that they, like, in best ball mania, you know, in two months, I don't know that the ADP is going to sit this way still. Right. I see a lot of people liking Saquon and Lenny and T etc. So a lot of people are, are liking and steaming some of the same guys that I like, which is like on one hand, you're like, Hey, that's cool. I like that. You know, other, other smart people maybe like the same things that I do. But on the other hand, you also know that that then probably means that they're going to move. And so I'm just trying to take advantage of that in this. And that's a big thing about this contest for me is I want to attack what I believe is the best way with this pocket of time in this ADP and the best way to construct teams given the, um, you know, parameters of this tournament. And like in, in BBM, like if stuff changes, I can adjust later, but I can't do that here. And so like, I don't really care about exposure in one specific tournament. If, if you are like, you know, worried about diversification and all that kind of stuff, I, I think you should be okay doing it like tournament by tournament. Your exposure in best ball mania should not match your exposure in this puppy because they're, they're very different pockets of time and very different tournaments. And so um, I do think that's important. See, this is the only unfortunate part is I'm, I'm, I'm okay on James Connor, but it's uh Kyle Pitts is also like kind of a, a priority for me. I'm actually going to take DJ Moore here because uh, I've gotten my fair share of James Conner. I also really pref- like I, I, I'm still on James Conner even after the Daryl Williams signing. I think it hurts him, but I think we like we saw what he did in what should be 
a much more of a timeshare with Chase Edmonds last year, just given the role that James Conner had in an elite offense. And I think I still want to have access to the upside that he brings. Like just being the goal linebacker with at least some of the pass catching work, Daryl might steal some of that pass catching work, but at least some, if not most of the pass catching work and just being attached to this offense, James Conner has so much upside that I'm not writing him off here. I kind of like this fall that we're seeing from him a little bit, but I also prefer him a little bit more on drafters. And there he goes. I kind of was hoping he would fall to me. I prefer him a little bit more on drafters where like, Week one is just as important as week 17, right? And this, it's a little bit tougher to wrap your head around this guy that, you know, maybe still gets a little bit of work stolen by Daryl Williams and has, you know, he's an older injury riddled running back that naturally has concerns when everything revolves around week 17. But on drafters, it's like, honestly, if he plays eight weeks as an RB1 in the third round, like, I don't know, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's just such a different tournament. So, um, I'm I'm so so on him here. Let's take a look. I'm definitely not taking Zeke. I can tell you that. Um, I think Hacker pointed out that Mahomes has been falling too, which is nice. Like you can you can really because like, like I don't care if I get Mahomes. I'm not like prioritizing Patrick Mahomes. I see people do that way too much, taking Mahomes like at ADP. Um, actually, I think that's a fairly big a fairly big mistake. Um, damn. I really don't like DK at this cost. I mean, this is really expensive for Judy, but I can get my correlation set up already i think i'm going to take judy yeah i'm going to take judy and just already get my um cc here D started travis kelsey debo samuel dj moore jerry judy and so now i just have my if i don't if i don't get any more broncos chiefs like it's okay i've already got my broncos chiefs built into this team with two two superstars you know i'm open to russ i'm open to more uh in, on that game um I'm also not going to overload it on that game, but this is this just kind of helps keep me flexible. I don't have to take anybody else from that game now again, or I, you know, I can make that my main stack with Russell Wilson. It just allows me to, to not have to like later on, I don't have to decide between Tim Patrick and Donovan people's Jones or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I think they're at very different ADPs, but you get the point. Um, but yeah, I like, uh, I like the Mahomes thing. Like I said, the, the hacker said Mahomes has been falling. So that's when I want to take him. It's like the market is getting, Mahomes is overpriced in my opinion and has been, and kind of always is, but the market is finally getting more hit to that. And so in turn, you can like get Travis Kelsey, whatever second round player and third round player that you want get your Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, and then Mahomes might even fall to you or vice versa. Maybe you pick closer to the turn. You do take a late fourth Mahomes, but you know Sutton or Judy are going to be there. And like, you just instantly can get that, that stack, which like I said, that's a priority for me for sure. Um, DJ Moore forever. Definitely. Definitely. I'm not going to stop buying on DJ Moore when all he does is keep, is keep producing in a bad situation. I know the situation is bad, but we just never like, we just never know. Maybe Matt Corral takes over and he's the difference. Or who knows? Maybe they get Jimmy or Baker. And I'm not excited for either of those guys either, but either, but maybe they are the different. They're just good enough to make DJ Moore a superstar wide receiver. And like he he's the perfect kind of pick again every year. This was like the thing last year. It's like 
small loss, big win. He can be a big win. He's that good. You you just like never lose on DJ Moore. No matter how bad the situation is, like no matter no no matter how bad Sam Darnold is or Cam Newton or whatever, DJ Moore is still just turning out fairly productive weeks. Is is he always going to be the perfect pick? No, of course not. The situation does stink. But he's so good that he's really never going to be like a big loss obviously outside of injury, which is the case for everybody. Um, David says, someone's got to be the standard bear for zero RB overset on streams all the time, drafting early running backs to go <laughs> hyper fragile. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the band has jumped off the, uh, it, there, there is no bandwagon anymore. Sean Siegel is drafting hyper fragile teams. Pete is drafting hyper fragile teams. Ship chasing is drafting. Ooh, now this one's tricky. I do really like ETN in this build i'm not so to you see juju here and that's one where i think a lot of people might just jump to take juju i'm thinking about kyler though i love me some kyler i don't love him without hollywood i'm gonna take etn i'm gonna take ET. um but i think a lot of people would jump to take juju in this structure because you're like oh you're stacking that game so let's take him again i actually prefer like when i've taken kelsey to kind of keep my options a little bit more open and not force myself like in round five to have two chiefs and one Bronco. Obviously I don't have Mahomes, And so I've like forced myself into so much of my capital in that one game and those two stacks that it's like, if I don't get Russ and then probably if I don't get another Bronco, it's like your team turns out a little bit funky. It's not that you can't do that. You could absolutely lock up kind of, if you know, you want all of the chiefs top two options um, you think that's Juju and Kelsey. I prefer to um, balance out kind of my, like if I take MVS, right? If I get, say I get Russ on this team, I take MVS, maybe I throw on KJ Hamler or something like that. I'm still getting all my exposure to that game and that game stack, but I'm able to mix in some of the the best assets from other games and other teams as well. Instead of really you're drawing thin to like a Chiefs full season smash, right? Juju and Kelsey have to smash if I used all of the, that cap. And I'm drawing thin to that week i just you have so many you only have so many shots at the superstar players right because your superstars just generally don't really come from the the later rounds you know obviously there's situations like amon ra and stuff like that last year but in general right the projectable superstars don't really come uh later in drafts and so i like to um like i said balance those things out a little bit more you know i'll have i don't want to have zero like kelsey juju teams of course but um when I'm like, if I'm building like an optimal team, which kind of comes from the DFS brain. Um, let me see here. I do, I do, I do, I do still kind of like Godwin. I'm, 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 tr- I'm kind of trying to push him a little bit more. Maybe, damn it. I was really hoping that Kyler was going to fall there. I'm now I'm going to end up taking freaking Juju because he's going to fall all the way to pick 65 here. And I don't really love, and I'm not taking Michael Thomas because uh, I've been told I'm not allowed to take Michael Thomas, but Juju is kind of a jeer break for me here so now i just spent the whole time talking about that and uh uh and then i literally you know go the complete opposite direction i really wanted kyler to fall um and i also possibly might have taken brandon cooks over over him let me see the board here i definitely want to take him godwin over him my guy darnell mooney i love me some darnell mooney but i uh obviously he went as well just looking here yeah that's about that's about it. That's the other thing. It's like 
you know, so I spend all that time talking about like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But then when you get into the draft room and the draft plays out in such a way, like I have these tiers up and it's like, Juju is a tear break. So just take the take the guy who fell a who fell a full round basically after ADP, and you know just go on about your day, and like just take that and move on. Build the best team for this specific draft room, right? Don't have the like having rigid rules around like your strategy in terms of maybe you're fading a player or you're you're trying to go heavier at zero RB. I actually think those are totally fine, but I think like not being adaptable to your, to your draft room, like in that instance where I'm literally saying, and I believe in that though, like, I don't want to overextend on chiefs because I do want to maintain that flexibility, whatever. So I went ETN over that, but then you get to the next pick and that guy's still there. And he's a, and now, now before we could have made a case, right? ETN, Mooney, Godwin, maybe you wanted a quarterback with Hertz or Burrow, Kyler, right? Talked about Kyler. I really wanted Kyler. But all those guys go, and now it's a tear break. Now it's Josh Jacobs, is Traylon Burks, one-footed Michael Thomas is there. So and then just just take them, just take Juju and move on. Uh, let's see here. Oh no, David says I didn't see this. Steagles or or Saint Eagles or Steagles, Saint Louis Eagles went Dalvin in the first round. Sorry if you're watching earmuffs or mute mute you know i was already on mute like myself like mute me turn off the volume so i don't you're probably not gonna like this dalvin josh allen waddle i'm just like whatever and <laughs> comes back <laughs> dalvin josh allen waddle then we got to smash patrick mahomes in the fourth round then we got to hit then we got to hit jalen hurts because you know I just don't know. Like, they say that three quarterbacks is a good thing. Quarterbacks are the highest scoring, right? I think it was Hayden's data that said you need to have three quarterbacks. And so if three quarterbacks is good, then four quarterbacks has to be good. And, I mean, Tom Brady's like the greatest quarterback of all time. So why would I not want Tom Brady on my team? You have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Tom Brady. Looks like a smash. Looks like a total smash to me. Um, I don't think I have, let me click a couple of these. So I am definitely not taking sky more on this team. Hunter Renfro actually makes a lot of sense for this team. Damn, Russ is gone. You guys are the worst, man. Um, I'm going to take Hunter Renfro because I have Debo. And, um, if you've drafted at all, the Hunter Renfro is like the last viable Raiders guy. Um, that some people have talked about, say, Demarcus Robinson in the 18th, and I, I understand it. Um, I haven't got to the point where I want to, uh, where I want to put my chips in on that as a pick, but I, I certainly understand it. There's maybe Kenyon, Break, Kenyon Drake, maybe Zamir White, but that's a game I really like in Week 17 as well, Vegas and San Francisco. And like I said, he is, excuse me, very much a uh, like the last man standing. <laughs> For the Raiders. The Raiders are all very expensive. Well, the, the, the main few guys. Um, yeah, seriously. This is, uh, is the, Hacker says, is the puppy not super flex? And David says, you, be, you better ski out in front of this avalanche. Normally it is, uh, and it kind of is, 
a little bit in this draft, a wide receiver avalanche. Certainly not used to the quarterback avalanche in non-superflex drafts. So I am going to think about that actually here at uh, in, in these next in these next couple of picks. I got to think about how to approach a room, you know, where I'm technically going to give up ADP value if I take a quarterback, say here, but you know, you're going to get that back later. And when one, I still have to build a team that can win. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to build, I don't want to be stubborn and just like, Oh, I'm just going to take the guy close to the top of the ADP list. So I'm spoiling that by saying I'm taking Trey Lance here. Um, I have Debo. I just took Hunter Renfro and um, Lance is actually a tear break for me at quarterback. And I, uh, I don't want to get locked out of my upside of my upside quarterbacks, because as David says, you'll end up with, you know, something like Zach Wilson and Teddy Bridgewater. So we're trying to ski out in front. Nick says, Juju projects well, but that projected target share has got to be among the most fragile in league. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I have, I have a disgusting amount of MVS and, and a lot of Kelsey actually. And I've been drafting both the running backs um, I actually don't have quite as much juju, but it's one of those situations where <clears throat> I think if you want to make the case, which I guess I am kind of making right now, if you want to make the case that because he's the most expensive and it is so fragile, you want to have less of him. You know, maybe you want one of the Broncos guys or Gabe Davis or Kyler or ETN. You want to have more of those other guys necessarily in that round than, than juju. And you want to, you know, embrace the fact that that's so fragile with the cheaper assets mvs i still can't do sky at pick 80 or whatever but um maybe you want to use the thing my my approach to travis kelsey maybe you want to uh look at the running backs whatever but i don't want to have zero juju either i don't i don't want to be like that rigid to say like it's fragile he's overpriced why is he so much more expensive than the other guy i'm not ever taking him and i think people do that too where they're like Nope, he's overpriced. I'm never taking him. Like, but you like the Chiefs, right? Yeah. But you like the Broncos Chiefs game week 17, right? Yeah. And you admit that there's like it's very much within the range of outcomes that Juju it just smashes, right? Yeah. So why would you take zero of that guy? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna take zero of him. You know, I can take my 10% and move on, right? I won't have to make stands on everybody. I'm gonna make plenty of stands personally across you know in this tournament trey lance is actually a guy i want to make a stand on in this tournament specifically i want to make him my highest home quarterback in this i think we're not far away from getting like tons and tons of positive reports i feel more confident than ever that he's the starting quarterback and i just want him at this co- i think this cost is egregious you know pick adp past 100 i think it's terrible and there's not really much chance that he gets steamed so hard in these tournaments that I care over the next two weeks, you know, for BBM, I might care, you know, if he skyrockets up in a few weeks, but in this, it won't move enough for me to care. I'll make him a stand in this. If he gets, if he gets priced out of where I want to take him, then he becomes, you know, not a stand in other tournaments. And I think that's totally fine. Ooh, not on the Christian Watson train. Melvin makes a lot of sense for this team at running back. A lot of sense. So that's what we're going to do. Melvin Gordon. Um, 
if you if you are watching on YouTube here, I have a zero running back team that has Travis Etienne <clears throat> as my first running back, and I have Travis Kelsey, and I have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I have Jerry Judy. So we've made that bet on those. That's 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 my core game, right? But I also now have tr- the Trey Lance, the Debo Samuel stack with Hunter Renfro. Um, let me see here. I'll let the, I'll I'll let uh, chat. You guys sell Chris G on Travis Etienne. Um, I don't know. I like first round pick running backs that catch passes, um, and offenses that spent a ton of resources to upgrade. Just got out from under Urban Meyer, who sabotaged the entire offense and the entire team because he'd prefer to play grab ass than he would coach. Um, in the NFL. Um, did I mention he was a first-round pick? Did I mention he catches passes? Pretty good prospect. Okay. Did I mention that he plays the Texans in the championship game? I don't know. I like playing the worst team in the NFL in the championship round. And his competition is a dude who tore his Achilles. The plotter, who was already a plotter, who tore his Achilles. That seems okay for me. And, oh, my God, how did I miss this? Thank you, both of you. Best Ball Moderate says, sweet Avi, by the way. That's a sweet Avi. Best Ball Moderate says, also showered with his quarterback and hacker ads. Don't fade the shower narrative. Tried, tried and true. Tried and true. Okay, we're about to be back on the clock. I should have been paying a little bit more attention here. Um, I'm going to queue up some potential... Players now, I am on the clock. I don't hate Singletary at this cost. He also fits this team. Tony also fits this team to try to set up um, another stack. I'm trying to think here. You know, I really don't have a lot of Devin Singletary, and, and I don't particularly love him um, with James Cook. But I also think that's kind of what makes him this good, you know, 10th, 11th round, zero running back target. I think the price has gotten into a reasonable spot. He's still going to be a running back on the Bills. <laughs> it's not like him playing all the passing downs last year is why he was scoring goal line rushing touchdowns. Of course, you want him to be out there for that. We really, If we really want a you know, maximum ceiling, um, we want him to play some, some passing down stuff. But he's still the lead running back almost assuredly the goal line running back for the Buffalo Bills. And it's like now because they brought in James Cook, like he's still, he's like the same bet as last year. A little worse, probably a little worse, but I don't think it's that different. So he's interesting. He's a really interesting one. Yes, it's uh, Blues Blues game six. Blues game six. And uh, they made me sweat one more night. <clears throat> Go down 3-1 to the Avalanche and uh, somehow pull out a miraculous victory in overtime. And now I got to be miserable for another three hours or whatever. Waiting for their season season to end. Yeah, so here's one thing I would say, Chris, is I wouldn't do this. 
I wouldn't say there's a guy who didn't recover from this Liz Frank injury 10 fucking years ago, first of all, and, and say, Oh, I hear that I'm out on that dude. Like it's one, that's one example. Like there's guys who haven't recovered from ACLs. Like everybody, everybody has different injuries. Everybody responds differently from injuries. The science is different now than it was. Etienne is, is already practicing. He's full go. If he wasn't fine, do you think NFL teams have invested in these guys? Like if he wasn't good to go, he would be full practice in voluntary minicamp. You know, like, and even if he wasn't, you know, I, I think we should be very careful on saying there was this guy who didn't recover, right? And people will maybe do that with Cam Akers on the flip side. They'll say, look how fast Cam Akers came back from Achilles. So I don't care about J-Rob. It's like we can't latch on to any one individual specific example and say that's driving my decision for another player who had that injury or, you know, is in a similar situation. So um, let's see. This is a good question from Brandon. Brandon asks, if Lance is going to be taken in the same range in every draft for the puppy, wouldn't it make sense to try and take him a lot in BBM right now if you think his price go, will go up? Yes, I think both. Correct. I think um, if you're on Lance like I am, I think I'm trying to just smash him in this because I don't have uh, I don't have to deal with any of the like I can just take the guy who's the best pick and I think he's the best pick like for this contest, right? Um, oh God, I can't. Okay, I can't take Rojo. I cannot take Rojo on this team. So, I, but I am going to take Rashad White, and that's pretty sexy. I'm I'm definitely in on some Rashad White. Also, a nice zero running back target. Got me my four running backs here. You scroll so we can see the board. Um, doo, doo, doo. Anyway, what was it? Sorry, Brandon. I apologize. Oh, so I'm definitely taking – I would take Lance in both. The only problem is that, like, I'm like taking a little break from BBM <laughs> right, right now to draft the puppy because, like, uh, there's only so much – you know, it's only going to, excuse me, it's only going to be open for so long. However, your point is 100% true. And I have been taking a lot of Trey Lance and BBM because I do believe that his price is going to go up. And honestly, even if it doesn't go up, I think it's it's just an inefficient price because the market is so scared of Jimmy G. And we don't need to go into the Lance thing, even though I did put him on the thumbnail because I like putting him on the thumbnail to trigger people. But he, but he is a stand I want to make for me personally in this puppy tournament but to your point that also equates to early bbm drafts as well so yes <laughs> heat nation f off chris can i should i put you in timeout for touting the team against the team i need <clears throat> yeah i know davis is going to the game we're going to the cardinals game i'll probably watch you what i'll have the blues game on my phone at the cardinals at the cardinals game Damn, it is all the running backs here. I really like Isaiah Spiller, too. I'm going to put him in the queue. I'm also going to put Jacoby Myers in there. And Hendo. We might turn this into – this This might be kind of a fun little zero RB team. I'm taking Isaiah Spiller. She should, I, have, I have five running backs already, which is kind of funny, right? Five running backs through 12 rounds, but it's a zero RB team. But when you start with Kelsey – 
Debo, DJ Moore, Jerry, Judy, come back with Juju and Hunter Renfro. It's like I'm loaded up at wide receiver and at tight end, and I got Lance, which is one of my priority targets. And now I'm just like this range has all like it has all the best zero RB guys from starting it with ETN, who I'm a big fan of, to Melvin is a, you know, I love Javante. You guys know I love Javante. We talked about Javante earlier. It's a spike week draft as if Javante goes in the first round. But obviously, if I love Javante, I like Melvin is a great pick for me as well. So I'm, I'm definitely heavily targeting Melvin as well, particularly in these these structures Singletary is the lead running back on the Buffalo Bills does that seem you know like it fits a zero running back <laughs> team yeah uh Rashad White you know is more of a handcuff Spiller is you know hopefully getting a little bit more work but like this is what I love to do on these teams like each ETN is not necessarily a bet on a on an awesome offense but it's a superstar prospect first round NFL draft pick that's discounted because he just so happened to not play last year and honestly uh maybe it wasn't the worst thing for him to go out there and take a beating on that shit show of a of a roster that they had but you get him leading off and again did i mention they play the texans in week 17 the 100 100 yards and two tutties from uh from etn but then just you get the broncos running back you know in in the committee you get the bills running back you get uh you know what's a handcuff to leonard fournette on the bucks and then you get Isaiah Spiller, a running back on the Chargers. It's like, just take all the dudes that are, A, either pretty good themselves or on good offenses, a combination of the two. And it's like, just let the chips fall where they may. You said it. I didn't say it. I won't say it either. Sam says Spiller. Seems like such a smash in round 12. I agree. Um, I, uh, I, you know, people are, the speed and the, uh, you know, the testing and all of that, I get why people were down on Spiller. But like at the end of the day, we also have to sometimes set that aside and just say this team, that's one of the best offenses in the NFL. Prioritize this dude with a reasonable, reasonably high, you know, draft pick and his production and everything is good. And he's in a role that like we were drafting Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly, and those guys for this, for, for a, a, probably a lesser version of what this role is, right? This is like the Melvin and Eckler role as opposed to um, see, now look at this. This is nice. Now I get, my pick of some of these rookie wide receivers, not really on KJ Osborne. I am, of course, going to add my guy, Alec Pearson here. And I do need to start thinking about my second stack. Um, so I'm going to take Pickens because of that. Because if I if I have to, you know, go get Pickett later, I can go get Pickett. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson is not available. Um, you know, Pierce will be in play for a backdoor stack, but I don't totally really love taking Matt Ryan <clears throat> in terms of his upside. Uh, let me actually see who's available at quarterback. Oof. Yeesh. That's bad. Yeah, it was uh, – he scored like 30 fantasy points 
This is really all he did all year, but I had a metric ton of Justin Jackson last year. It's so funny. I <laughs> I really feel like I absolutely crushed with all these like backup running backs and like why I'm super bullish again on like zero RB hero RB stuff is like, it, it's probably a false sense of confidence, but like last year was such a smash for all the Justin, ja- even though Justin Jackson wasn't like good all year, he popped up with a monster game in the playoffs. That was huge, absolutely huge, um, you know, for moving teams along. Daryl Henderson was a, was a huge win. Sony Michelle was a huge win. Uh, Alexander Madison, of course, did the Alexander Madison thing. Rashad Penny, clearly a smash. Even Tony Pollard as a handcuff that never even got to play a full role was really, really useful, right? And on and on and on with all of these guys, Daryl Williams, et cetera. But like, uh, uh, honestly, Samaj P. Ryan helped me. And people were laughing at taking Samaj P. Ryan in the 18th round. But it's like I attached my brand to freaking <laughs> Darrington, Darrington Evans who was the wor- literally the worst, my highest own, obviously, and the worst handcuff pick that you could have made out of all these guys. I guess maybe other than, like, JV and Hawkins, who, like, is he, is, is he, like, on an XFL team now, maybe? Something like that. But, um, so I would love to take Alec Pierce, but I really I really think I have to take Daniel Jones here and figure, oh, shit. I thought I was on the clock. Okay, shoot. Sure. Why not me? Thank you for not stealing my guy. Daniel Jones is also a tear break for me. At, at quarterback and there are uh, multiple different ways to backdoor stack him <clears throat> so i'm gonna have too much of him uh to be frank too much daniel jones which is probably not gonna end very well but that's what we're that's what we're doing but anyway as sam says totally agree a i i believe i love this hacker says eckler equals kamara spiller equals ingram i think that's what they want to do my that's my take take that with a grain of salt it's not like i know anything better than anybody but if i were to like put an assessment to how they based on how they have preferred to play in the past basically other than last year and um then using this draft capital on isaiah spiller and not bringing back justin jackson i think the evidence supports this is the most likely way that the the chargers want to play, which is like, that means Isaiah Spiller is like one of the best, like mid round running back picks because he has standalone value. He's probably going to score some touchdowns and score some points while Eckler is out there. And B, if something happens to Austin Eckler, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, those type guys were stone cold smashes when Alvin Kamara got hurt. And Justin Jackson was a stone cold smash last year when um, Eckler when Eckler got hurt. So sign me up. Yeah, I agree with this, Nick. Chase Edmonds and Rashad Penny do not belong in the same tier with those with those running backs, which is really funny. I, I like I like Penny a, a little bit. I think Edmonds is overpriced. Um, Penny is just a little bit more of. Look, they're going to run the ball. We think all think they're going to be terrible. We maybe we know that they're going to be terrible, but that doesn't mean that Rashad Penny can't be useful. He's very good at football. Obviously, we have the Kenneth Walker thing. We have like Geno Smith's probably going to be the quarterback. I have all this. Like, trust me, I have all the same concerns as everybody else does about the offense. I do not want to be overexposed to the Seattle Seahawks, but Penny's also very good. Um, and whether we like it or not, they're probably going to run the ball plenty and. He can, he, he's, he's really good and he can run into, um, 
some upside just just from that. But I agree. I like these like these dudes here that you see that I took. Sorry, I got the board all screwed up. Like to give me the the penny in a timeshare in Seattle with Geno Smith or Melvin Gordon in a timeshare uh, with Russ and the Broncos playing the Chiefs in 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 the last week. Like I side with Penny, of course, with like the talent and the youth and all of that. But one's on the Broncos with Russ and one is is on Seattle. Now I do I do not hate um, Seattle's Week 17 game as well. So that's something to keep in mind. And another reason why I don't want to have zero of Penny. But then you have a Bills running back, a Bucks running back, uh, a Chargers running back. It's like how how can you take one of you know these guys on the worst what what should be oh god. So now I need to decide if I'm taking Herbert as my last, which I think I'm actually going to do. I'm, I'm going to finish this with six running backs probably. And Khalil Herbert's actually one of my, uh, another, a, a, a similar zero running back. And he fits all structures for me, but I'm, I'm very high on Khalil Herbert. Um, I think he's very clearly the handcuff to David Montgomery on, I understand we're probably not all that, excited about the bears from a macro perspective from a micro perspective uh whoever's playing running back for the bears for every single season has been a good fantasy asset point blank period david montgomery has been good when he has been hurt damian williams was good when they were both hurt Khalil herbert was really good quite good actually and if in case you guys haven't heard me talk endlessly about week 17 the Bears play the Lions in week 17. That's one of the games I'm really trying to target like heavily. And so uh, he fits, he, he fits this build. He fits the things I'm looking for um, in, in running backs, you know, zero running back in, in tournaments where week 17 matters so much and those contingent value bets, right? Like I think people, thank God I was trying to continue talking. Now, now I get Wandale to stack with Daniel Jones and uh, we're in good shape. I know other people might say I got to draft Will Fuller or Odell Beckham or whatever, you know, what are they? As soon, as soon as the free agent veteran signs, you know, he's going to shoot up, right? How can you not be smashing that veteran free agent? You're going to get closing line value. If you take him sweet, sweet closing line value. Just injected into everybody's veins. Making money. <sighs> Drafting the young players who we know crush in fantasy and crush in these playoff contests. <sighs> who cares? Closing line value. Give it to me. Mostly. Mostly kidding. Mostly kidding. I like Will Fuller, obviously. And I, and I, I totally get people drafting Odell and such. I'm really just trolling. Because I can't, I can't help myself. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. Khalil so hot right now. I agree. Does Herbert have more upside than Mostert? I know Mostert is old, but he is such a home run threat. I believe so. I don't think there's any path to Raheem Mostert getting a full like workhorse role, and I believe there's a very, very, very clear path to Khalil Herbert doing that, and it's David Montgomery going down. I don't think, no matter what happens in Miami Edmonds goes down Sony goes down whatever Mostert well obviously you, you that would be nice <laughs> if you have if you have Raheem Mostert but nothing is going to turn 
him into, you know, a 25 touch back. And so um, it's not that I'm disinterested in Raheem Mostert. I just like some of these other guys a little bit better. Shout out to you, Al. Al Paul, that's two first names. So a comment from anybody that has two first names gets put up on the screen. Um, Let me see. Nick likes uh, Odell for the <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun of uh, the people that love the boomer old wide receivers. But Nick said, is, I love Odell for the backdoor week 17 chargers and ram stacks. Yeah, I mean, if he signs there. Until he signs with the Bucks or something. Then, uh, damn it, I forgot to pull the board up. I apologize. I get talking and I can't help myself. I also should probably look at my team. We should put him on our team then. Just was watching uh, Beer Fest. Who's Barry Badgernath scene? So good. Who's Barry Badgernath? Who's Barry Badgernath? Who's Barry Badgernath? We should put him on our team then. Uh, so, got seven wide receivers. <clears throat> got got my stacks. Don't have any Colts, bringbacks. Got that open and available to me at the second tight end spot. Don't I guess Paris Campbell's probably still around. Don't really have anything there um about to be on the clock sorry looking at a couple of things take it makes us take oh is it am, am i uh do i do they have the same buy that's hilarious well i gotta draft it now um 20 seconds on the clock doesn't cleveland play nope 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 nope, nope. um oh Yep, I knew it. I knew there was something I was forgetting. So we take Nico as my um, last wide receiver here because I have Travis Etienne. And the Jags play Houston in week 17. This is funny. This is totally unintentional, by the way. But I don't I don't care. Yeah, see, you can see how much uh, Cleveland I draft because I forgot. I, for, I, com I completely blanked on who they played. In week 17. Now, I do think, and I did this the other day in a draft with, I think, Paul. I was inverted in the Discord, and you'll see him here. <clears throat> Not in this draft, but in lots of drafts on Underdog. Um, I, I do think you can do um, – I'm just going to click some guys in here really quick. I do think you can do uh, a solo Kelsey. I know not everybody necessarily agrees with that, but – I think you can do a solo Kelsey in these tournaments if you take him in the first round. I don't love it as much. <clears throat> you guys know that I really don't care about the bye week stuff. But, um, you know, when I have my I have my druthers, if I can not give away points at both quarterback and tight end for the bye weeks, I think I prefer it. Now I just need to decide – I think I'm actually going to take Kylan Granson here, which I know most people are probably still very much out on Kylan Granson, and I'm going to be the only person taking him. But I like uh, a couple things, a couple things on Kylan Granson. One, the, num the, the very first number one thing is I obviously have my giant stack, right? I have Daniel Jones, and I have um, – let me pull the board up. I have Daniel Jones, as we see here. As my second quarterback, stacked up with Wandale, right? 
So um, I, I'm going to side within those late round picks with the correlation. Now I could have taken, um, I had other correlation options there, right? Brevin Jordan would give me two Texans as bring both bring backs to um, Travis Etienne. I think that's totally fine. I could have taken Daniel Bellinger or Ricky Seals Jones. I actually prefer Bellinger to RSJ, but if you prefer RSJ, that's fine. Cause I, I have a giant stack, right? I can correlate that with Daniel Jones. And I think that's also totally fine. Um, if you wanted to leave it solo, Kelsey, I think that's fine. I think, I think it's still probably a little bit better to take two tight ends, but I am mixing a little bit of solo Kelsey into my teams. However, Kylan Granson obviously then now operates as a bring back to my giant stack. So I still get the correlation. I just get the opposite side of the Daniel Jones and Wandale stack. And in this, you know, scenario, this team, let me, uh, been told i have to refresh that's my first puppy draft by the way you just got to witness it i might stop because i think that's it that's the winner right pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's that's the winner so anyway um i take kylan granson because i'm 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 deciding between all these different correlation opportunities and bellinger is definitely going undrafted so i'm open to that for sure it, it came down to uh, you might think it would come down to Brevin Jordan versus one of these, one of these, one of these other guys. Cause like uh, Brevin Jordan is a, probably a better pick. I have him ranked higher or whatever than these other guys. Don't be an idiot. But when I, in it, uh, particularly in this, whether it's you know only going to be open for two weeks, I'm kind of siding with when these are coin flip differences for me and they're, that it's all correlated. Give me the guy that's never drafted. Right. Like, what are the odds that Kylan Granson has a hundred yards and two touchdowns in the championship? Obviously none, but you tell me an 18th round pick that has that, like, you know, that has good odds on that. I'll just take that guy every time. This in BBM, we have the risk of chasing uniqueness now in May that doesn't end up being unique, right? It, it's unique relative to like Travis Kelsey is going to be drafted in a hundred percent of drafts and Kylan Granson if we get positive camp news is still only going to be drafted in like whatever, 30 to 50% of, of drafts in best ball mania specifically, but there's still the risk of you chased uniqueness and we get Kylan Grants as a starting tight end for the Colts. And he look at how awesome he looks in camp and whatever. And he's not unique on the opposite side in puppy. That risk does not exist. Guys, guys that are not getting drafted right now are not going to get drafted in this contest point blank period. So I like using that 18th round pick to be like, and like I said, Bellinger also falls into that. Uh, and RSJ probably falls into it. He probably gets picked up a smidge more, but all those guys really fall into, into that bucket. Um, I think, like I said, I, I chose Granson in this. I like the bring back aspect as opposed to the double stack aspect a little bit more like, if I'm really deciding as a final, um, you know, deciding factor tiebreaker, if you will, that's, that's where I like to side, but um, that's kind of the general thought process, what I'm thinking when I'm thinking through some of those late, some of those late round picks. Um, let's see here. Oh yes. Speak to my heartstrings, Terrence. If Trey Lance is as productive as Lamar when he was a rookie, would he still be your number one quarterback? Yes. hundred percent. Bye weeks don't matter. Damn straight, Jake.
preach it. Say it louder for the people in the back. Tony, I know you. I know. I, I knew this. Uh, Tony says he has 83% Nico. For those of you not aware, this man won a million dollars on DraftKings last year. So you should listen. Um, and also, you, you're saying that about somebody I just drafted. So that yeah. makes me feel better. I'll pat myself, pat myself on the back. Um, kind of to round it out here, great question from Nick. Do you think the smaller final for the puppy leads to building bigger stacks? I do think you can. Yes. Um, I actually wanted to touch on this well yesterday and kind of today. I'm glad you brought it up to kind of to kind of summarize. That's a big difference. That's maybe the biggest difference that people won't think about or talk about for a you know a hundred man final. Or I'm just going to use round numbers. A hundred man final versus a five hundred man final is that that's five times more teams, right? Four to five times more teams are in that final. Um, of best ball mania and the contest is so much bigger that the the quality of team right the top 0.1 percent of best ball mania teams are is a better cohort of rosters than the top 0.1 percent in the puppy right it's four times bigger five times bigger and so when that happens when you have to beat more teams in week 17 and they're better higher quality higher projected teams higher ceiling teams you need more like more upside from your team. How do you get more upside? It's actually not from adding more people from the same game because right. Russell Wilson can only, and the, but then the Broncos can only score so many points. There can only be so many yards. There can only be so many touchdowns to reach a true ceiling for X amount of players. And it's probably like two, right? It's, you don't have to be perfect. This isn't the DFS Millie maker, but you want to be striving a little bit more towards pure true ceiling and pure true ceiling gets cut off at a certain number of players from the same team. Right. And so like my running back, like I need my running back to like run for a hundred and something yards and multiple touchdowns. When my running back runs for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns, guess who is not scoring the quarterback and the wide receivers. (laughs) And so in turn, yes, you have outs to quarterback throwing a touchdown to running back, whatever. But if we're building for a little bit more ceiling, um, in BBM, I want to be siding a little bit more away from the, the super stacks. I'm still not personally doing a ton of like super stacking in the puppy, but it becomes a lot more viable because there's it's a smaller contest. Week 17 is smaller. You need a, to hit a little bit less of the nuts. I would still be very price sensitive on how I was doing it. But if I wanted to do Mahomes, um, Juju, Sky, and Rojo or something like that. I think it's totally fine. I probably will never do that in best ball mania, but in the puppy, I think you can do those kinds of things and then throw in multiple Broncos on the other side and be like, look, I know that some of these guys are going to miss in this game, but I'm also going to have so many outs to smashing on this game. Now I just need to find that penny and I'm on raw and I'm live to win the puppy in BBM. It's like, you got to hit the stone cold nuts in, in week 17. And so um, hopefully that answers the question. And hopefully that makes, that makes some some sense um last one to answer jake's question your comment on the 18th round pick um giving you 100 yards and two touchdowns is the running back most likely to get there in week 17 i've been leaving running back for the last spot due to inherent upside i think if i was saying what's who what position is most likely yeah i I think i would say running back i think most i think the market has gotten a lot more efficient um in those late rounds particularly at running back where uh we know, I think, 
inherently like how many years ago do you think Rashad White or Isaiah Spiller would go in the 11th round? I don't know. Not that like Alexander Madison went in like the 15th or 14th, 15th round last year for a long time. Tony Pollard didn't always used to go in, even in like the 10th round. The market's gotten really smart about who those contingent bet, uh, like, you know, the best contingency bet players are at running back. And so I think it's, it's a lot more thin back there than, than people will give it credit for, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And I do think on underdog that running back is the best spot for it. But I also think uh, that's like in a vacuum, that's ignoring other variables. And I think the easiest, the, the best position for it might be running back. The easiest way to find it is through correlation. The easiest way to find the impact, right? Daniel Jones crushes. I've made this bet that Daniel Jones crushes. If that's right, when I'm deciding on the 18th round pick and I'm trying to find the guy that's going to do that hundred yards and two touchdowns. I want it to be either with Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Bellinger, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, whatever, or it's on the opposite side of him. Kylan Granson, Paris Campbell, whatever. Maybe they sign another back. Uh, they have Philip Lindsay, right? You know, it's, it's, it's that or Trey Lance on the opposite side of Trey Lance. Is this Amir White or Kenyon Drake? Right. And so, um, or Demarcus Robinson. You know, so I, I lean more towards the correlation being the actual best answer. But if I was speaking strictly in a vacuum positionally, I do agree with you that it would it, it would be running back. Um, best ball moderate, I, I will I will uh, I will try to get to some come come back on Monday. We're doing we'll have another draft stream on Monday. Bring your questions. I got to get going. Like I said, I am going to the Cardinals game tonight. And probably watching the Blues and the Cardinals together at the same time during that game. So bear with me as a, a tortured St. Louis sports fan. I'm not very hopeful about how it's going to go for my Blues tonight. But enjoy your holiday weekend. Like I said, um, I know it's a long weekend for most people. We'll be back on Monday with another draft stream. Maybe we'll hop into another puppy. So if you missed this one, we'll see you guys on Monday. Like I said, have a great holiday weekend. Thanks, guys. This is a ton of fun. Um, catch you later. Peace.